All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hero Nation show, where business owners and entrepreneurs just like you come to learn tools and tactics to live more epic lives. I'm your host, John Reinhardt, and today I'm with Jordan Lee. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thank Tell you guys for having me. Tell us a little about you. Uh, I've been selling real estate for 15 years in the Triangle market in North Carolina. For those of you who are not familiar with the Triangle, that's the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, and the greater surrounding area. Uh, got into real estate, started my company day one out of college. All my friends told me I was crazy for doing something without a net, and this is the only thing I've ever done. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, uh, I um, help run the Nest Realty office. I'm the co-founder of the uh, Triangle location. Uh, we're technically located in Cary, North Carolina, but I'm the co-founder of that office. Um, we're building. We're actively growing. We're in a hyper-competitive, uh, really strong market. Um, and yeah, it, we're just having a great time, just living the dream. Awesome. Well, today we're going to have some fun because I'm not going to be asking the questions. The <laughs> cards are going to be asking the questions. Oh, Lord. You going to put the hurt on me, John? Uh, well, we're going to find out. Okay. Um, we're going to go through as many of these questions as we can. Okay. And there's some it. really good ones in here. Okay. Well, hopefully I don't make myself look too stupid when I answer this. This, so. is, this is going to be fun. Okay. Bring it on, man. All right. You ready? I'm ready. Here we go. What do you spend too much time doing? Checking Facebook. Um, if money were no concern, how would you lead life differently? I'd spend three hours a day doing something related to my passion for music. Okay. Um, like, what is that? Uh, I'd spend three hours a day in a recording studio. Okay. In addition to running my company and being a dad. What makes you you? My personality. <laughs> what makes me me? Uh, you can count on, from what I'm told, you can count on me to make you laugh, uh, to make an ass out of myself and not realize I'm doing it. Uh, you know, social graces, I either have a ton of them or none at all. I'm not sure which it is, but it's definitely one of the two. Describe in detail a first in your life. A first in my life. Uh, describe a detail, a first in my life. Uh, professional related or personal? Either one. Okay. Uh, Let me get personal just to have fun. Make it personal to have fun. Uh, being the first... And this is going to be a sweet one. It's not going to be a funny one. Uh, but I see where you're going with that. And hey, man, there's kids watching this. No, there's not. Go away. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, uh, first of my life was uh, I was the first person to see, uh, to look into my daughter's eyes when she was born. And that was, oh, uh, nice. that was a tremendous privilege. Uh, my little girl, Addison, is four and a half. She is my purpose. She is my why. She's the reason I do everything I do. But it was a very rare, special privilege to be the first person to look in her eyes when she was born. So that's my answer for her first. Awesome. Yep. So, uh, what are the what are the first things you notice when you meet someone? Their body language. Uh, I think that someone can, you know, if you watch how someone guides themselves and carries themselves and their posture and how they fidget, you, you can tell a lot about who they are. And you know, I've always been a pretty perceptive person, and I've always I'm not good at real estate because I have some guru level knowledge of our local housing market or the national market or the contract or the negotiation process. I'm good with people and I'm good at reading people. And body language is always the first thing I notice about someone. You can tell how they're wired, uh, and I can kind of just watch someone and you know, kind of adapt my personality to be somewhat compatible with them. Nice. Yeah. How do you feel about birthdays? I love them. They're too short, and I've had too many of them, but they're fun. What gives you goosebumps? What gives me goosebumps? Uh, sitting front row at a really good concert like I'm going to do tonight. Uh, while I'm here uh, in the Dallas area, I'm, I've got front row tickets to go see Dave Matthews Band tonight at Dos Equis. So I'll, I will have goosebumps there tonight in the front row for sure. Uh, what do you value most in a friendship? Authenticity. 
Um, what uh, does this world need more of? Compassion. Uh, what do you have that you cannot live without? What do I have that I cannot live without? Uh, my daughter. That's it. Anything else? Once you become a parent, every priority shifts. Nice. Don't need anything else. That's perfect. That's it. Uh, what is one thing uh, that could happen today to make it even better? One thing that happened happened today to make it even better. Uh, I hear you guys get some crazy storms here in Texas, and I think there's one coming. I'd love to sit here and walk around outside downtown McKinney and have some fun. Watch a tornado drop down. Yeah, so I was texting with uh, my friends who I'm here to visit, uh, and they're like, what do you think of Texas? I'm like, it's flat, it's hot, and it's windy. That would be <laughs> this part of Texas. You need to okay. go to some other parts of Texas. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I've never been to Texas before, actually. This is my first time. Oh, for everyone else... There's a lot of different parts of Texas, from palm <laughs> trees to mountains to gorges to pine-covered yeah. uh, spaces. There's there's a lot here. Don't come to Dallas and think that that's Texas. It's, it's, <laughs> there's a lot more here. Uh, what is a new habit you want to form? A new habit I want to form is getting up every day at 5 a.m. What is the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? Uh, jumped on a flight to London with only hours of planning. Describe a turning point in your life. Describe a turning point in my life. Um, I'll have to say a few years ago uh, when I got divorced, uh, it you know took my life and it stripped it down and I had to rework every priority uh, personally and professionally. Uh, it was the most difficult thing I've ever done, but coming out of it, I'm also stronger and happier than I've ever been. Uh, but for me, that was an absolute huge turning point on every spectrum of my, of my life. Nice. Yeah. Um, what can you do today that you couldn't do a year ago? Run five miles without stopping. Oh, dude. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm in the middle of a big weight loss push. I've actually dropped about 25 pounds, which for me, that's pretty good. And, you know, a year ago, if I ran two miles, I'm like sitting there having chest palpitations, praying to God, telling him I'm coming soon. And now I've slowly but surely worked my way up to that. Nice, man. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Thanks, bud. Uh, what do you find beautiful? What do I find beautiful? Um, God, that's a hard one. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to... Like, and I don't, <laughs> God, that is a hard one. Blonde hair and blue eyes. Blonde hair and blue eyes. All right. What my daughter has. Uh, <laughs> what makes you lose track of time? Fun. What I'm kind I, of fun? I'm, I'm an in-the-moment kind of person. Uh, I'm a creature of enthusiasm, uh, and that's both... Uh, a positive and a negative at the same time. Uh, I can be highly distracted, uh, and if I find, you know, if I'm having a good time doing something, I can easily let the rest of my priorities fall by the wayside and just be in that moment. And yeah, nice. Um, what was your childhood dream, and has it changed? Uh, my childhood dream. God, what was my childhood dream? Uh, for the longest time, and I'm like, this is one of the things that, you know, what kind of kid grows up thinking they wanted to be a lawyer? I actually wanted to be a lawyer when I was like in grade school, like second grade, third grade, I would see it on TV. And I'm like, mommy, daddy, I want to be a lawyer. Then I realized going through college that uh, I didn't want to be a lawyer. I just wanted to negotiate for a living. And that's kind of how I fell into real estate. And, nice. I, and I'm able to do it without $250,000 of student loan debt. So I'll take it. Nice. Yeah. Um, how do you show love? I show love by pranking people. Uh, some people think like, man, Jordan's just a dick. And I'm like, no, 
like that, that's just how Jordan shows love. If Jordan loves you, he will prank you. Uh, that is how I show love. That is definitely how I show love as well, yep. as my as my uh, Finnish family has found out. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. Uh, their family is, is not much of, 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 of uh, much of a uh, prank culture. Yeah, they're not really a big prank family. And then yeah. I came in, and I was like constantly like pulling pranks, and like, my you know my wife's like, "Why are you constantly pulling pranks? I love these guys." <laughs> so uh, to, get, to give you an example, uh, uh, to give you an example, I have some dear friends back home uh, in Cary. Uh, every year they have this over the top Christmas party. Uh, they have like six Christmas trees in their house. I'm sorry, that uh, I'm all about the holiday spirit, but that's excessive. Six Christmas trees in one house. So uh, last year, well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to Tarantino it. I'm going to tell you the end, then go back to the beginning. So, <laughs> so I got a text with them last week that they are still finding Christmas ornaments that I hid throughout the house. So throughout the course of the party, and there's like 50 people in the house, I'm just slowly going to the lesser important trees, pulling ornaments off, and just hiding them throughout the house in various locations for hours. And uh, I love them. I love them to death. They're dear friends, but that's how I show love. So, nice. There you go. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, what have you started, um, but never finished, and why? Started and never finished, but why? Okay, this is going to be directly relevant. Uh, coaching with Wayne. Um, he came. Wayne came into my life, and he made a tremendous difference when I was trying to, you know, I was post divorce and trying to put things back together and kind of figure myself out. Um, and a good friend connected Wayne and I. Um, and I, he and I coached together, I think, for about a year and a half, two years, something like that. And I because kind of he took me through the process of realizing I don't really know what I want yet. Uh, you know, I have, you know, this vision of being, you know, being able to maintain my business and be a single dad and kind of do it all. But that's, you know, that's kind of a very surface level. That's 30,000 feet looking down. And what he was working with Wayne did for me, he kept trying to bring me down lower to the ground, lower to the ground to see, OK, once you really dial down on it and dig deep on it what's it need to look like and i got lost you know the and he was giving me the push that i needed but i wasn't able to clearly articulate what i wanted it to look like um you know a year later uh i've you know given it a hell of a lot of thought and i'm getting ready to start coaching with him again because now I'm, I'm at the point where i think i'm ready and i can actually have some answers to some of the tough questions that he had for me but you know when you're looking at your business and how you work and how you grow you have to be ready uh, and, and being ready, for, I don't mean it in the sense of being motivated, you know, you know as high achievers who understand that it's all uphill uh, every day. Uh, but, you know, y you have to be ready in terms of being able to articulate what you want. And that's hard to do. You know, asking someone what you want, I mean, it seems like a simple question. You know, I want a happy life. I want more money and I want more free time to spend with the people I love and like. But, okay, now tell me what's the next deeper level of how do you get that? That's a tough question to answer. Yeah. So. so let me ask you a question that kind of relates to that. Sure. Um, what do you work for? What do I work for? <sighs> Happiness. And I, I don't want to be the redundant guy. My daughter. She's, she's, she's my priority. She's everything to me. Uh, if you look at my Facebook, it's like, okay, Jordan, we know she's cute. Stop. Talk about something else. But uh, How old is she? Uh, four and a half. Nice. Four and a half. She And she's as sassy as she is cute. And uh, she looks just like her mom and she acts just like her dad. I'm like, that is a dangerous combination. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yep. All right. Well, let's break open these things. Oh, man. We got little maker's mark here today. We're not going to actually tell them what time it is, are we? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Cheers. Woohoo. Woo. Ah. Yep. Apparently you're more of a man than I am. It's early. Ooh. <laughs> I'm awake now. 
That burns. I'm awake now. Woo. All right, finish it off so we can so we can keep moving. Nah, I'm not, I don't need to finish it. <laughs> For those of you wondering, it is not yet even 11 a.m. and we're sitting here pounding whiskey. <laughs> so, um, talk to me a little bit about you know you've been in real estate all your life. Mm-hmm. You've um, you've worked on that. What has been your experience through mastering real estate? Uh, because in uh, you know twenty a, years is yep. way beyond the normal yep. Yep. three that a real estate agent actually hits. Sure. So I've been doing it fifteen, so not quite there, but yeah. Okay. Um, in terms of mastery, um, as a practitioner, uh, you know, and we all know there's a difference between working in your business, running transactions, and running gunning out there in the market, which I love to do it still. Um, and but there's that's working in your business, working with buyers, working with sellers, being out there in the market, you know, kind of boots on the ground, but then working on your business, you know, doing something that doesn't have anything to do with a contract or buying or selling a house. Um, mastery within a few years, I, as a practitioner working in my business, uh, I had a lot of success at it at a very young age. Um, I started selling real estate at 22 years old and my first client was literally more than triple my age. Um, but you know, it was kind of baptism by fire, in that it's like, okay, here's the here's the deep end of the pool, kid. You got to swim, uh, and I swam hard, and I got a really good level of mastery working in in my business, boots on the ground, at a pretty young age. Uh, you know, transactions for me, it's 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 muscle memory. Uh, you know, I, I'm at a point in my career where I can sit down and give a listing presentation to you here right now, and I know nothing about your house, and that's fine. Mastery on my business, working at the high level stuff, uh, being a leader, has it's a challenge. And it is infinitely harder for me than being a practitioner. Um, and there's just so many things that, that go into it that does not come natural for some of us. Um, but it's that, you know, pushing yourself to grow to understanding what it is that you need to get to a mastery level of it. Uh, and that's where something like coaching becomes so important because you need someone from the outside looking in to help you with that. Nice. So what would be the biggest lesson that you've learned in the last 10 days? In the last 10 days, um, I've been pushing myself to get better at articulating what I need to be happy with where my business is. Um, and I've spent uh, I've actually spent a lot of time uh, in the last month reading a book that I'm looking at on the shelf right there. Traction, which is a killer Traction book. Traction is fantastic. That is a killer book. Uh, I've been in don't that. don't listen to it on Audible. That is one no, book you cannot it. listen to. Read it. Um, you need you need to read it. There's there's just so many yep. diagrams. There's so many. This, 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 you need that. That's one book. Yep. Audible does not do justice to. Please just yep. go pick up the actual physical book. But I would tell you that that book is absolutely killer. Uh, but what, you know, learning how to articulate what it is that I need to be happy with where my business is at. Because, you know, for most of us, it's not about the money. Do we all want to make more money as opposed to less money? Yeah, but it's not about that. And trying to understand what you need to get out of your business to be happy with it and to, you know, end your day with a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction as opposed to letting comparison be the enemy of contentment, uh, mm. which is, you know, something, especially <laughs> in anything sales oriented, you know, you know. It, it's it's impossible, um, but yeah, traction. That's a killer, killer book. Everyone, if you have not read Traction, go buy it. You'll be happy you did. 
Um, have you read Atomic Habits yet? I have not. Wayne's been pushing me to read that one. I have not read it. Uh, who wrote Atomic Habits? Uh, James Clear. Okay. James Clear wrote Atomic Habits. Okay. Yeah. Tell me what's uh, the book about. Give me a little insight. You know, I, I would do a disservice to Atomic Habits if I was trying to, to condense it down okay. um, that far. However, um, I think that... I, I tell you, let me tell you what I got the most out of. Okay. Um, there is this idea of habit stacking. Mm-hmm. And it's I think it's just brilliant. It's the idea that, that you basically stack a good habit... Um, along with other habits that you're already doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So I'm already used to walking through my kitchen to my refrigerator. Okay. Well, every time that I walk through my kitchen to my refrigerator, I'm going to do a dish in the sink. Okay. If I have it, if I have a problem like doing, you know, dishes, sure. right? So I wash, I wash a dish every time yep. that I walk past. Yep. So mm-hmm. if you're having a hard time with Facebook, Instagram, stuff like that, and you're like, you know what, I, I really suck. Mm-hmm. At you know at finding myself caught and and uh, you know on my phone when I should be making my calls first thing in the morning right when I should be doing my must dos at four a.m. Yep. all that kind of fun stuff. Um, if you find yourself caught there, you know what? Why don't you just uninstall the apps completely mm-hmm. off your phone? Yeah, and then you have to download them. Yeah, and log back in every, every time, time. You, every time you want to use them. God, that's it's great. going to get rid of it. That's right? great because we're 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 adding we're adding friction to the things that you don't want to do, putting obstacles on the way to break it, the habit. Exactly. So you know, I got rid of like Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was it? Amazon Prime. Anything like oh, that. God. You know, anything, <laughs> my uh, monthly budget, both personal and my company budget would be infinitely better without Amazon Prime. Yeah, so you know, I got rid of those things off my off my phone. I'm like, I'm going to have to sign in mm-hmm. and guess what? My time with them went down. We're 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 decreasing the ease of access. Yeah. And then like the things that I do need to do, well, like um let's say you if we're doing real estate mm-hmm. or any type of sales, sure. uh, you know, I need to do calls uh, every yep. morning. Yep. So, you know what? I'm going to plan the night before. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get those things done. Yep. I'm going to plan it uh, so that when you get up at 4 a.m. in the morning, mm-hmm. um, which if you're not getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning, I don't know what's wrong with you. You need to get up at 4 a.m. in the morning. I um, don't. I don't. <laughs> That's why I'm not here leading this. He is. Um, <laughs> 4 a.m. in the morning. So I'll, I'll tell you okay. this. That changed my life forever. Did it? Absolutely. What like time it. do you go to bed? Um, I, I, I've been getting better at this because okay. I was going to bed at like one o'clock in the morning and Ooh, going yeah. to, getting up at four. That dog don't um, hunt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's, that's something I'm working on. Okay. Um, but I'm not trying to get to bed around, around 10, okay. 10 o'clock, kind of something like that. Yep. Um, the idea is that when I started getting up in the morning, I, I, I the reason I started getting up was, uh, there was a guy by the name of Sajid Patel, mm-hmm. um, up in, uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And I, I had a talk with him and he was talking about the miracle morning and getting up really early. And, mm-hmm. and he said something that caught my attention, uh, which was that um, he said that he gets up and starts work before and uh, gets to his problems before his problems ever wake, wake up. Huh. And I was like, I like that. Yeah. The idea of getting to my problems before my problems wake up. Yeah. Okay. I'm I like, I, I could deal with that. Yeah. And so I started getting up. Right around four, four, uh, three thirty, something like that. Yeah. So I tried like getting to work by four or getting mm-hmm. to work by four thirty, and it changed because I was powering through mm-hmm. um, things that 
normally would take me a lot of time right. that I was spending a um, inordinate amount of time on mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I was powering through them uh, without distractions, without anybody else. Mm-hmm. I was getting my must do's done yep. by eight o'clock in the morning. Yep. I had my four hours of like hard work that I needed to be done yep. uh, at the end of the day. They were done. And any distractions, anything that I needed to deal with yep. for the rest of the day, any problems that arose, they were finished. Yeah. And um, huge. it was it was great because all of a sudden I could actually um, respond. Mm-hmm. I could actually do um, sales calls. I could do whatever I needed to do. You could be present in the day without having to worry about the distractions of the problems. Right. Because like yeah, normally like big. all these problems come in and they distract us into the end of the day. Yeah. And then we get to the end of the day and we end up spending like till one o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, basically dealing with the stuff that we should have been doing at sure. 4 a.m. Sure. So um, I think it's a. It's powerful. It's a really powerful. It changed my life forever. What's one of the things that you wish you didn't know uh, about real estate that <sighs> you uh, that you've that you've learned? One of the things I wish I didn't know that I do know. Correct. <sighs> so basically, right now I'm swimming through a pool of professional regrets in real estate over my 15 year career, and I'm trying to come up with something notable. <laughs> Uh, I wish I didn't know that a lot of elements of this industry are what I refer to as pay to play. Uh, if you want a seat at the table, sometimes you got to buy it. Um, I, my selling style is 100% relational. Uh, I don't, you know, and some people tell me I'm a fool for this. I don't pay for leads ever. Uh, I'm a very high producing agent. Uh, I've done more than 150 uh, million in sales and I've done. Last time I counted over 700 transactions over the last 15 years, and I have not paid for a lead ever. Uh, I've lived where I've lived in North Carolina for 32 of my 37 years, and I can't walk into a restaurant without seeing three people I know or that I've sold a house to. Um, so I built, I have built my business relationally, and that is a very, very slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, I think my it's a very organic way of doing it. Completely. Uh, when I'm ch- when I'm teaching and coaching some of my agents at Nest Realty, uh, the metaphor that I use to, when I tell them how I chose to build my business is I say, imagine someone at the top of a snow-covered mountain wanting to make a snowball. You got to work at it. You got to put some snow together. You got to pack it really hard, see if it'll hold together. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it crumbles and you got to start over. But you work on it slowly, roll it around little by little, keep building it, keep building it. And eventually you can put it on the ground. You don't even have to hold it. You just roll it around and it'll start getting bigger and picking up more and more snow. Then you can kind of start to roll it down the hill slowly. And at that point, it's got its own inertia. It's going to keep growing and it doesn't take nearly the amount of effort as it did to sit there and pack it when it was a tiny little snowball. That's my business. Um, And it's taken me a long time to get to where I'm at. And there's a lot of people uh, in this business who have gotten to that level of, to my level of production a hell of a lot quicker because they've paid to get there. Uh, I mean, I know agents in our market who spend more than $20,000 a month on Zillow leads. And for me, it works for them and you can't knock it. Uh, But I, I, in my opinion, the idea of number one, buying the lead or buying that it, it's not in line with how I believe I was best to build my business for me, uh, but also in terms of the longevity. Of, so, like for example, when the 2008 national crash happened uh, in the mortgage market, you know all the bad parts of the movie The Big Short when that happened. Right. Uh, you know, people talked to me about what was it like to be in real estate in that 
period of time. And I said, I, I sold more in 2008 than I did in 2007. And I sold more in 2009 than I did in 2008. I'm like, there's some scary stuff going on uh, in, in the housing and mortgage industry. But because of how I've built my business, it didn't affect me. It, right. Uh, I, I, I kept that to myself, but it was an up year for me. It's a, it's a stronger foundation in the yeah. long run. And and I, for me, that's where I get my peace at night, is that knowing that my business, sure, we're, no one is totally immune from economic things going on, but when you're sitting there paying $20,000 a month to Zillow for leads, and then something happens, or Zillow changes a policy, or whatever lead source you want to buy from, I, I feel like you're a lot less insulated from that. But I look at agents who sell a hell of a lot more than I do, who have been doing it a fraction amount of time that I do, who pay to play. Um, and that's what I wish I didn't know. Nice. Uh, so let me ask you this. So what would you say to someone that's starting off inside of the real estate game mm -hmm. um, that is being tempted by the idea of like kind of doing the pay to play option? Yep. And to answer that question for a new agent, the hardest part about getting into real estate is getting into it. The entry is so tough. Uh, and every agent that I sit down with and interview with, one of the very first questions is, in the way I've always said it, is how long is your runway? Like, what do you mean? I said, financially. How long is your runway? How long can you do this before you start making money at it, before your plane is either going to take off or you're going to run out of run runway yeah. and the plane's going to crash? Um, you know, and so the pay-to-play option for a new agent, in terms of what it takes to actually get a decent return out of it, I don't like that because it's going to shorten their runway. Uh, some people um, have found it easier to, you know, and if this is someone who doesn't have a strong local presence and a lot of local relationships with wherever you happen to be selling real estate at. Uh, but I've coached some agents, well, you know what, find a good team leader who has systems in place that can get you off the, off the runway quicker, be there for a couple of years, be in, in a really strong environment where you can learn and be provided leads. Uh, one of the best run teams uh, in my market, uh, big shout out to my dear friend, Angie Cole. Uh, she runs a phenomenal team. Uh, and what I love the, the way Angie built her business is she made it client focused and relationship focused. Uh, but she also it set up systems to where she can help new agents and help them quickly without sacrificing on a lot of what I feel are the core values of my business. And she did that as an independent agent, uh, which I've, you know, for the majority of my career, I've also been an independent agent, not with a, one of the big box companies. Um, but that's what I would tell a new agent to do it. If you don't have the relationships, consider learning from someone who runs a big team that has leads, that can teach you, that can get you off the ground quicker, and then you can grow. And if you outgrow that position, that's okay. You know, this is all about growth. You know, if you're not growing, you're stagnant, then what's the point? Right. Yeah. It's great. Thanks, man. Um, so why didn't you end up ever joining like some like a Keller Williams or a Remax or, or uh, a yeah, Sotheby's? One of the big box. Um, you know that corporate gene where people uh, are innately designed to listen to the people in authority and take their advice? <laughs> I don't have it. Uh, and, and this is a character flaw, honestly. Uh, and this, I, I've had just as much failures from being wired this way as I have had success. Um, if I can look at something and find what I believe in my heart is a better way to do it, I'm going to do it. Uh, I do not want my hands tied in terms of how I'm going to run my business, build it, because, you know, for me, there's not a lot of separation between my personal life and my professional life because of the mm. fact that I sell relationally. Um, and that's why I never did that. Uh, I, I started off uh, for a very tiny part of my career 
with one of the big box companies, and I very quickly realized that my clients coming to me had nothing to do with the red, white, and blue side in the front yard. They were coming to me for me, how I was working, how I was treating people, and how I was, I was putting myself out there. Um, and it didn't have anything to do with the red, white, and blue sign. And as soon as I, and everyone told me, and this was back in 06, uh, when I was going out to start my independent brokerage, everyone told me I was going to fail and that I was a fool and that, you know, it's it, it was a huge mistake and they were scared for me. And I, I God willing, uh, had the ability to work hard and was blessed enough and I've... I've been a success at it, um, but the, the the corporate big box structure is not for me. Just I'm just not wired that way. Got it. Yep. That's good. Not everyone is. So you said something that was uh, that was kind of interesting that caught my caught my ear a little bit. Okay. Which was you were talking about how like everything's kind of built relationally. I think that that's interesting because I think one of the biggest problems that people have um, is setting good boundaries with your clients. Sure. So what has been your process in figuring that out? Uh, I will not text with every single client. Uh, some of them will not respect the boundary uh, and will think it's okay to blow you up at 1045 at night and expect a response. Right. Now, granted, and that's also the truth with some of my agents. Granted, there's a time and a place where it's appropriate, but that, for me, setting communication boundaries is something that affects my quality of life. Uh, you know, when my daughter's with me um, and she actually comes up and physically tells me to stop working because she can tell I'm looking at my phone. That's a boundary for me, and I will take it. I'll say, yeah, baby, I got it. Shut it off, throw it in the drawer, and you know what? The house is still going to be there two hours later. That's okay. Right. It's not going to burn down. Uh, but that, that's been a struggle for me in my career is trying to, set, trying to set that boundary. I, maybe I need some habit stacking <laughs> to uh, come back and, uh, and, and do that less. But, yeah, texting with every client or just training my clients to learn. Because make no, no mistake about it. In terms of when you're out there working with your clients, you are training them what to expect from you. Uh, whether you, you realize you're doing it or not. And if you respond to them at that hour at night, be it, whether it be a text or email or what have you, you are telling them, okay, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. And they're going to continue to push that boundary and push that boundary and push that boundary, and it's going to eat at your quality of life. Um, so that that is certainly an area where I can make improvements on, uh, for sure. For sure. So what would be five things that someone could walk away with mm-hmm. from this conversation and implement Okay. Um, and, and to help their business, regardless whether it's real estate or anything else. Sure. Regardless, what could they implement? Sure. Um, and help themselves out. Rule number one: be present in your relationships. That is everything. Uh, people mistake picking up the phone in the morning as something a chore that has nothing to do with really building. I'm like, that's the job. It's not that you need to make the phone call. It's like that's the most way to have a meaningful interaction. That's not a social media or an email blast or something like that. It is a meaningful interaction. If you are not present in your relationships, you're not going to succeed. Uh, rule number one, be present. Um, I'm very big on authenticity. Uh, you know, and I highly believe in function over form. Uh, so wh- however you're going to interact with your people, don't focus on making sure your social media or whatever kind of interaction, it doesn't need to be the flashiest. It needs to have substance. I don't care if you're sitting here in a studio doing something really high production. This is amazing here at Hero Nation Studios. I love it. Thank you. It's amazing. Um, I I was very hurt and I will be forever traumatized to learn that the infamous brick wall, it's a lie, people. It's It's not not real. It's It's not real. But the Easter Bunny, uh, the Easter Bunny is, right? Very much so. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, but form over function. Your your interactions, your marketing, you can be infinitely more authentic and get a lot more uh, traction. Uh, just picking up your phone and talking to people about what you're doing with your day. 
Uh, don't worry about about the, the high-quality production value for agents out there who are trying to be creative and put themselves out there on social media, which I applaud them what they do, especially when they find a way to do it differently. Um, but my second takeaway would be form over function. Uh, be authentic. Get it done. Don't worry about it making it flashy if you don't have to. Don't let perfection be the enemy of the good uh, with marketing. Just the fact that you're doing it is good enough. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I 100% agree with that. That's one, okay. Well, you're, that's because you're a lot better at the function than the form <laughs> than I am. Well, at least so. Okay, so as, as far as social media mm-hmm. and video is concerned, okay. I think that bad social media mm-hmm. is just as impactful as good social media. Oh, no, but that, in, in, a, in, a, in a negative way. <laughs> oh, in a negative. Okay. So that because okay, uh, like, gotcha. you know, as, as as much as a good video uh-huh. or a good social media post can like send you through the ranks. Sure. So can a really bad one. Sure. And and it can hurt you way more than it helps you. So um, you know, I've, I've, uh, there are there are a plethora, and some and at some point we're going to do a Hero Nation show mm-hmm. deal where we go through like just we're going to just we're going to start just scanning yep. and going through all these like really horrible videos that are out there. <laughs> um, but there are some that you know, yeah, they they were they became they were like, oh yeah, we totally did this stupid, very corny video. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't help them; it hurt them. Mm. At the end of the day, yep. or they're like, "We got." Here's how you know if it hurt you or it helped you. Okay. If it helped you, people were like, "Oh my gosh, I saw your video. Mm-hmm. You were awesome. I thought that was so creative, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I want to talk to you." Okay. Here's how you know that your video is hurting you negatively. Right. You got tons of views, and people talk about it mm-hmm. but they don't come to you hmm. right they're yeah. like yeah that was so awesome that was a great thing yeah yep yep they, 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 they or, you know or, 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 you get, or you get tons of tons of views but no phone calls yeah a third takeaway read something constantly if you're not reading you are not learning you are not growing uh i can't tell you how many times i've texted Wayne or send him a Facebook notice I'm like dude give me something to read and he'll just spat off a whole list of all these amazing books that I've never even read um, you know some good um, go read traction that's a killer book uh, rocket fuel is one of my favorite ones especially if you're trying to get out there between that you know supportive role and leadership dynamic um, you know, we've all read it but millionaire real estate agent by Gary Keller that's a killer book for anyone um, what was the one that you recommended habit stacking um, that would uh, atomic atomic, atomic habits. Yeah, yep. gotcha. Habits. Uh, so be reading something constantly, and it doesn't always have to be about real estate. It can be about anything, but be reading something to better yourself and to grow yourself, um, because that's the easiest way to find yourself in a rut to where you're not pushing yourself, you're not goal setting, you're not achieving them. Um, so, point three: read something constantly. Uh, a fourth takeaway: boundaries and respect them and have them in place better than I have in my own business right now. And that's something I need to work on. Uh, So set some boundaries for yourself, find some way to get accountability with them, have someone reflect back at you, uh, you know, and kind of ask yourself, what do I need to be doing differently? Where am I letting my people run over me? Or what am I, what behavior out of myself am I tolerating that I shouldn't be? Uh, Whether it's something you're doing or something you're allowing your clients to do to you or with you. So set some boundaries. Um, a fifth takeaway. Have fun. Keep the main thing the main thing. Mm. At the end of the day, it can't be about just making money. 
Uh, yes, it can. Well, no, it, it can. can and it can. Not, not, not for a fulfilled life. Not for a fulfilled life, but at the same time, one of uh, so one of the things about me, I am addicted to stand-up comedy, and it is a wonderful addiction to have. Uh, one of my favorite stand-up comics, I can't even remember who said this because I just watch and listen and go to so many stand-up. So do you? Shows. So you're addicted to stand-up comedy, as in you, as in you watch and listen to it, or as in you do it yourself? In college, I used to do it actually, but nice. uh, you know, it's uh, once you learn the secret and the formulas behind uh, stand-up comedy, you can never view it the same way. It's really, <laughs> really hard to view it the same way. Well, I only just had fun with it, you know. <laughs> in, in undergrad whilst drinking heavily so there you go um but no just have fun enjoy the ride you know it's not about making money but one of my favorite stand-up comedy lines was you know what money can't buy happiness but it can buy a jet ski and have you ever seen anyone crying on a jet ski hell no <laughs> uh but at the end of the day it's got to be about more than that because money's only going to be fulfilling to a point uh and i've been at every end of the spectrum in my career i've gotten to the points where I've gotten to the very top of the mountain and I've gotten to play at a level of the game that I never thought I'd get to play at, especially in my lower 30s. And then even post then, I've gotten to the point where I've gotten my ass kicked off the mountain. I've had to rebuild, restart over, and yeah. you know everywhere in between. And I can tell you, there's been times when I've been infinitely happier when I've been in a valley as opposed to been at the top of the mountain. It's got to be about more than just how much money is in the bank. Uh, you got a goal set. You got to dive into people. You got to put yourself out there. You got to be authentic, and you got to keep the main thing the main thing. Dude, I, I dude, I. Thanks for just coming in. Yeah, thanks for thank you guys out. for having me. This has me been man. a good conversation. It's, it's been, been fun. fun. We've uh, been drinking. We've been taking. <laughs> we, <laughs> it's, no know, officer. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's been fun. It's a, it's a, it's been a, it's been a good it's, it's been a good way to start off a Saturday. Yeah. Um. It's, it's the way this has been. So. It's been a real pleasure, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thanks to you. Thanks to Wayne Salmons. Uh, this has been a this has been a yeah. blast, man. Thank you, guys. Um, as always, you know, check us out online, theheronation.com. Listen to us on Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, uh, Pocket Cast, everywhere. Uh, like, share, subscribe, yep. and until next time, be your own hero.